I'm really looking forward to that, but... Disney Plus, your new Home Alone movie? Woof. This episode is going to be totally lit. This is bad. We did a bad thing. It's Home Sweet Home Alone. Welcome to the Center Cut. I am Michael. And I am Dave. And Michael, today we have some very special guests with us. We have hired two voice actors to play our wives. No, I'm just kidding. We have the real Mrs. Michael and Mrs. Dave on the show today. Welcome first, the lovely Ashley. <laughs> Hello. I've never really had a chance to ask, are you like threatened by another guy calling your wife lovely or... Yeah, I'm not. I can call her lovely. You can't. You can. She's just Ashley to you. Okay, that's fine. All right. <laughs> and we also have the very lovely Emily. Hey guys. <laughs> Michael, you stay the hell away from my wife, or I'll introduce you to Merton Fitzgibbons, which is what I have nicknamed my fists. Oh jeez. They could kill a man, and they've only gotten sexier with age. <laughs> Ladies, thank you for being here, and I'm sorry. This is what we had to watch. That's okay. Yeah. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Now, Ashley and I had two podcasts prior to this years ago. We covered Hulu's The Path and the lone season of ABC's The Crossing. And Emily, is this your first podcast experience ever? It is. I'm only slightly nervous. And so, Ashley, you're a seasoned pro. I wouldn't go that far. It's been a long time since I've done this. (laughs) Nor was I ever a pro even back when we had our own podcast. So fair well it's okay because i am bad at it so everything is fine (laughs) well thank you for joining and making this a family affair before we dive into what we're doing here today then emily you're just a professional podcaster so people if they want to hear you again they just need to send us feedback and say get emily back on the show yeah exactly yeah and ashley if people want to know or see more of you what should they do (laughs) i guess if they feel so inclined they can find me on instagram at ashley valeri yoga Yes, because you are a yoga teacher and you have yoga for Dave and Emily. I have. Yes. I've done that yoga-ing. I've bent in ways that I didn't believe I could bend. This is true. Dave has actually done more yoga with me than you ever have, Michael. So fun fact for your listeners. (laughs) Are any of our listeners surprised? No, they are not. Not at all. Does yoga make you sweaty? That's all you need to know. It doesn't have to, but my classes tend to get a little sweaty, yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Well, enough about yoga and enough about you two being awesome wives. Mm -hmm. Although there's really never enough saying that. (laughs) Dave, what are we doing here today? There is not going to be that much sap in this episode. I can't handle it. (laughs) Not okay. But today we did watch the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes of Home Sweet Home Alone. At least Michael and I did. Our lovely wives did watch the entire movie and are going to quiz us on what happened in the middle. That is true. Now, Home Sweet Home Alone came out last month, November 2021, on Disney+. Plus. It should work. It was written by SNL writers Mikey Day and Streeter Seidel and directed by Dan Mazur, who wrote Borat and Bruno. Stars Archie Yates as Max and Ellie Kemper and Rob Delaney as husband and wife Pam and Jeff. 
And it is the sixth installment of the Home Alone franchise, the first two starring Macaulay Culkin, and then three other crappy imposters sprinkled throughout the late 90s and 2000s. I had no idea that there were a fourth and fifth one. Same. Yeah, <laughs> Same. I didn't know. <laughs> the other two were not theatrical releases. They were like straight to TV or video. Straight to Broadway. <laughs> Home Alone on Ice. <laughs> And this is a soft spot for me because I would unironically put the first two films in probably my top 10 films of all time. Now, granted, I'm not a movie guy, but still, I love the first two movies. Same. Yeah, back in 2015, Ashley and I actually went to a special 25th anniversary showing in theaters of the first movie. Which there was like nobody there. It was us two and one other man in the back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he had a very large bucket of popcorn is all was he peewing i bet he was peewing that's fine <laughs> this movie this version has a 13 percent on rotten tomatoes which Ooh. says a lot yeah not ideal before we get into the recap i figured this was the best time to get this off my chest i absolutely hate the main kid max now the actor's 12 so i can't fully unload on him but whose dick does his parents have to fillet to get this kid involved in such a big name production? I can't oh wait till your quote is about unloading on children. <laughs> Don't even give me the, he was nominated for a Critics' Choice Award for Jojo Rabbit. Because have you seen this movie? He sucks in this movie. And I'm actually of the mind that he's not a kid and he secretly has the Andy Milanaka syndrome. Because I swear it looked like he had a gray hair in a few scenes. Uh, did you Did you all notice that? Um, No, I can't say that I did. No, I didn't see a gray hair, but I will agree with you that over the course of our time on the center cut, we have seen some very bad child actors, and we've actually seen some pretty good child actors, and he is definitely on the bad end, I think. I will say in the middle, he gets a little better. He's not as frustrating. Yeah, I I would say he kind of grows on you a little bit. But I I feel like I I went in very biased because the original Home Alone is like my favorite. So (laughs) I was already a little against him from the start. So that's not his fault, though. (laughs) Yeah, we're all of the age where the original Home Alone has a special place, I think, in in all of our hearts. So this movie is already starting at a disadvantage. Yeah, I just I don't like his accent. Yeah, fuck people not from the United States. I don't like his squinty pudgy face. I don't like the way shirts fit him. I hate his smile. I hate his frown. Don't call this 12-year-old chubby. Come on, man. I hate the words he chooses to say. I hate the way he moves. He did say maths. I'm not okay with that. That's a very British thing. The problem is this movie wants to be the original Home Alone so bad, and this is its first problem. He can't hold a candle to Macaulay Culkin. Adult Macaulay has snorted drugs up his nose with more personality than this chubby British twat. Not a fan. That's the problem. Oh, Oh, wow. You just called a 12-year-old a twat. Nice. I mean, seriously. Wow. Wow. Rough. You're coming in hot. Solid start. Poor kid. I think he's an adult. He would be tried as an adult in many countries. So After that little rant, are you ready for me to start this recap? (laughs) Let's do it. Can we jump to the recap? So we start the first 15 as we slowly pan into an open house at a modest home while Home for the Holidays by Robert Goulet graces our ears. A bunch of people are wandering about the house and we meet the realtor selling the home, Keenan Thompson. Did we learn his name? I don't care. It's Keenan. It's Gavin. Oh, yeah, it's Gavin. You're right. Nope, he's Keenan. Keenan introduces the owners of the home, who are Pam and Jeff McKenzie, to some prospective buyers, and they do a just really terrible job of selling this house. Jeff tells them the house may collapse if they do renovations and tear down the wrong wall. 
Pam uses the word lit. It's all just very bad. Yeah, and it, it doesn't matter how much high B-level comedic talent they shove into this thing. It's just a lump of coal. Doesn't matter. I will honestly say that I think Keenan is my favorite character in this whole this whole thing. During this, I actually noticed something. I don't know if if any of you spotted it, but there was a scene that was supposed to be over Pam's shoulder where they are showing Keenan and the prospective buyers. And she turns slightly to the camera and you see that she is wearing a mask because they were recording this during the pandemic, but they left the scene in. Oh, I didn't notice that. I did not notice that. Wow. Good eye. I did not notice that at all. Yeah, thanks. After this, we cut to a young British boy, Max, who Michael has expressed his disdain for, Mm. and his mother, who are are driving down the street. He explains that he really needs to pee because he, he says he's done the maths. There has been six soda refills and his tiny 10 year old bladder. So he's not making it. So mom has to figure something out. Being a boy mom now, and Frank's not even old enough to do this, but I feel like I would have just pulled over and been like, there is a bush. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have like gone through the trouble of what she goes through. <laughs> yeah, but, no. <laughs> okay, I'll drive a half a mile further, and there is a gas station or yeah, right, a exactly. Dunkin' Donuts or exactly. something. <laughs> they do decide that they're going to head to this open house that is going on so that this kid can piss and not piss himself. He ends up running into Jeff after he uses the bathroom. Asks for a soda and Jeff won't give it to him, says he needs to talk to his mom. They have some dumb conversation about Frankenstein versus Frankenstein's monster because Jeff is tall. Ha ha. Funny joke. And uh, and that's kind of it for these two. (laughs) Ashley, back me up. If Frank ever dares talking to a stranger or us with even half of the disrespect of this daft little wanker, it is curtains for the little man. (laughs) I did think he was being like a little over the top. He's disrespectful. (laughs) I was going to say, I would think he was a little rude. This is a stranger, man. I mean, for a kid, like, yeah. And you're in his house. It's just like, I don't know if it's the way that this actor, Max, is presenting it or if it's the way the script is written, but it feels very much like they are trying to make this child 25 years old. And it's so frustrating. Yeah, exactly. No, I agree. I think they were trying a little too hard to make him be funny and witty and forgetting that he's a kid talking to an adult. Yeah. But I wanted McDonald's. It's like you can't just mention a kid wanting McDonald's and pretend like we didn't just miss the whole last conversation they had that was ridiculous. (laughs) I feel like if I was a kid and I said stuff like that to an adult, my mom was nearby, she would have slapped me. Mm -hmm. Right (laughs) across the face. (laughs) So during their conversation, Jeff pulls a box of dolls out of the closet and Max makes some stupid jokes about how this old grown man has dolls. And... One has kind of an upside down head and green suspenders. And Max's mom walks over at this point and notes that 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 weird doll is actually worth potentially some money. She was watching this world's version of Antiques Roadshow and noticed that that could be worth something. Yeah, which was surprising to me. I mean, that thing is awful looking. (laughs) There's some people into weird shit out there. (laughs) I mean, Michael, you just sell shit on eBay to people who just are willing to pay a bunch of money for crap, right? Yeah, people that buy dolls on eBay are an entirely different breed of human. Yeah. Last year, we sold Ashley's old American doll clothes. And boy, let me tell you, we, we encountered some real wackos. <laughs> I rem- I think there's been a story about that on the podcast. I did, we did a guest spot on Whack Brackets, RIP. But yes, because it was on a guest spot and not on this, I did want to mention it here. This explains everything you need to know about people that buy dolls on eBay. 
So this is this is a string of messages between me and this woman. This is the second time I've experienced this. So I'm oh, I've up. never heard it. So this is great. Yeah, you should listen to the podcast sometime. <laughs> the woman sent this to me after buying the doll, but before receiving it. First interaction with me. I tend to believe that people who sell used items always make sure that the items are in the best shape they can be. I'm good at depilling and even without bleach, making them a little more bright. I am looking forward to getting it. Please wear a mask, no matter your political affiliation. Okay, weird start. Wow. So I said some nice things to her. I don't have my message. I didn't save that, but nothing bad. It was all nice. She received the package, and this was the first message. Yeah, she did. I just opened up the package. It seems to be missing the pamphlet that goes along with the outfit, which has way more pilling than I'm used to seeing. No hard feelings. Just think the price was higher than it should have been without the pamphlet, the dull color, and severe pilling. The hat's ribbon seems to be so frayed, although I'm going to work it with anti-fry liquor and good scissors and hope I can prevent further fraying. Okay. <laughs> oh, jeez. A little weird so far. I <laughs> replied with some niceties. You know, again, uh, sorry that it's darker than you thought it would be. And, and there I did send the pamphlet, something to that effect. I mean, guys, real talk, pilling sucks. We were specific in the description of it all, so I don't know what this woman was expecting to get. Also, but... <laughs> did you like play with American Girl dolls? I didn't even realize those were like playable oh, yeah. dolls. Oh, yeah. I have some downstairs. You can play with them oh, if you want. Michael, you want to sell some additional <laughs> dolls? Hey, you can make some money off of them if you're not super attached. So yeah, I was going to say I have like oh, high no. chairs and cribs for these Yes, things. we sold all that stuff I had. Michael, I'm going to be in contact. I need some of that cash. <laughs> yes. Call this lady. It's time <laughs> to get going. I guarantee ours are less pilly than the original ones that she purchased. You might change your mind after you hear the next two messages. Mm, okay. So she responds. No worries. It's an awesome outfit. And we found the pamphlet in the bottom of a garbage sack. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All is good. Have a nice day. Okay. I thought it was the end of it. I thought we were done. So you didn't respond at this point. I didn't. I didn't respond because done. what, what yeah, am I going to say? Done. Makes sense. So an hour later, she sends another message. It's hilarious that I asked my hubby to dig to the bottom of a garbage sack that was filled with, all caps, garbage. But I was remiss and not cleaning out the envelope, which I usually do. I was excited to get the dress soaking in borax, hydrogen peroxide, and Tide detergent. I forgot the borax the first time, so I'm going to do it again. I need to get a sharper razor to shave off pills. Mine all have the moisturizing balm on them, so they will just grease up the garment. Thanks again. <laughs> I don't care. What is wrong with you? She just sounds like a very lonely person. Right? Like, that's what I was thinking, too. I remember the first time hearing this story on, on Whack Brackets, and... I defended this woman because you and Mike on whack brackets just <laughs> like just drag this woman through the mud. And I think that honestly, this is just a woman who thought that because you were selling this stuff online, that it was something that the two of you shared an interest in and that she wanted to have that fun interaction because how often is it that you talk to someone else who collects and restores American Girl dolls? Probably not that often. However, I have since become much darker and have a much more <laughs> negative view on the world as it stands. You're spending too much time with Michael. This is this is what happens. This is the problem, yes. <laughs> I used to be a much nicer person too, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Soon I'm just going to be slapping my children because they talk mean to a man. <laughs> oh, they might deserve it. That Oh, see, Emily's already negative. So there we go. She's going to be beating them right out of the womb because they're crying. It's fine. No, it's not it's fine. fine. It'll I won't be fine. Allow it. They'll not survive. Happening. They're resilient. Children are very It'll resilient. It'll make them tougher. Right. <laughs> Build character. Up, huh? Yeah. Great. But I do think that she overshared 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's oh, like, yeah. Very much so. <laughs> it just seems like she was like looking for a connection, someone to talk to. <laughs> Agreed. Ain't one here. On the first or second response that you gave, <laughs> if you also showed an interest in it, then this would be completely explainable and that would be fine. Certainly didn't. <laughs> but moving on. So they uh, Max and his mom go to leave the house. Max complains about having to share a bathroom and his home with his nine cousins and however many aunts and uncles that that equates to. Apparently, the whole family is going to Tokyo for the holidays, which I didn't have a family who all went to Tokyo. But honestly, I don't know if I would have wanted to go to Tokyo with my nine cousins and their aunts and uncles. But they are going to Tokyo and Jeff pokes fun at this 10 year old because that's what adults do, apparently, according to Michael. And after that, Max kind of looks maniacally at this doll like, oh, yeah, he's going to he's going to fuck that doll right up. (laughs) (laughs) But then we do cut back to the house. It's later in the day. The open house has ended. It's nighttime. Their children, Pam and Jeff's children, arrive home. Apparently, they haven't told them that they're selling the house because Jeff has lost his job or some shit. And there is this stupid scene of them trying to, like, hide the fact that they are trying to sell their house. They're, like, (laughs) sitting on the, like, the pamphlets and all that shit. And they try and sell Keenan as, like, a personal trainer for Jeff. And they say that he's got to get rid of his flabby stomach and put some meat on his ass or whatever. It's bad. (laughs) I just felt like the writers just didn't put any effort into trying to figure out something that's funnier than this this situation. Like, just so Keenan can make a funny butt joke. Come on. <laughs> but we do cut back to Max's house. It is just straight mayhem in this home. There are a million people in it. They're all running around in different directions. Max is not having any of it. I did, when we were zooming into the home, I did enjoy and notice that there was an, like an ADT-style sign in front of the house that said, McAllister Home Security. So cute. A home Alone Easter egg. Oh, yes. <laughs> There were just kids and adults everywhere in this house. It's crazy. Max is miserable. His mom is on the phone with the airline. It sounds like there's some kind of massive storm coming in. And it does sound like they have put the kids and the adults on different flights, which obviously his mom is not happy with. Foreshadowing, perhaps? (laughs) Maybe. But Max is just done with all this shit. He runs into his sister who is doing some shit with VR or whatever. Who She, she walks down the stairs and then turns the <laughs> corner with a VR headset on, which is literally impossible. Like she would have <laughs> killed herself, but fine. <laughs> but Max is done with it. So he heads out to the garage and just watches some Looney Tunes in the car. Yeah. Now, sprinkled throughout these scenes in both the Mercer house as well as the McKenzie house are so many brands. This is just a walking advertisement. There's Doritos, there's Langer's Juice, there's Swedish Fish, Lego, BMW, Pop-Tarts, Bubbly, Pepsi. Very obviously an Oculus Rift. This is just a vehicle for advertisement. Yeah, so it, it definitely was. But now that Max is out in the garage, he's happy. And this is the only time where I was like, okay, Max... I get it. I get it, man. Like, get all these people out of my damn house. Yeah, his uncle is played by Pete Holmes. And I love Pete Holmes. But Pete, come on, man. You got to do better than this movie. I was a little disappointed with Pete Holmes in this movie myself. I think I expected a little more from him, but you can only do so much. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, you can only work with it so much. He's the one who talked to the HomeBot and it was talking in German or whatever? Yes. Correct. Yes. So HomeBot is something that we've seen in this home. It is kind of an Alexa-style 
assistant. But yeah, so we we cut back to Pam and Jeff who are having a convo. This is where we learn that they're stressed out about selling the house. They wish they didn't need to. Jeff got laid off from work and they just can't afford this house anymore. He apparently got phased out of his job because of the cloud because he did information migration. Come on. How are you kidding me? Like an old movie and just m- make it current and be like, we should just stick a bunch of technology stuff in there. Like mm-hmm. the HomeBot and virtual reality and the fact that this guy worked in data migration. And now his job got ruined by the cloud. Not a fan. I'm glad no one else has anything to say about it. <laughs> Pam and Jeff at this point are asleep and they get a call from his brother, apparently. They have arrived to the home in the middle of the night. So Jeff wakes up by saying, Queen Latifah, stupid joke, not funny. And this made me think of something from from my childhood. My dad and I are big fans of Hall of Fame NFL wide receiver Jerry Rice, best player of all time. Anyway, one Christmas, like 20 years ago, my grandmother on my mom's side, notorious for giving God awful gifts. Nice lady, bad gifts. She got my dad a book by Al Roker. And it had his stupid, bald, black head on the cover. So when my dad was opening it, naturally, he saw the bald head, black man, thought it was our boy Jerry, and then immediately had to pretend to enjoy it because, honestly, who the fuck wants an Al Roker book? (laughs) Nobody. He doesn't like books, and he definitely doesn't like Al Roker, or at least is, you know, Yeah, that was her first mistake, was giving your dad a book as a gift. (laughs) It's like giving David a buff. So later that night, he passed out on the couch while my brother, mom, and me were still chilling in the living room. And in his sleep, out of nowhere, we heard, mm, Al Roker. <laughs> and it, <laughs> it's just honestly probably my favorite Christmas memory of, of all time. This obviously reminded me of that. Yeah. So I also have a family member who is notorious at giving bad gifts. Oh, wow, you do. Yeah. My aunt is bad at giving gifts. It's rough. One year, I think I was maybe 16, 17. She gave me a make your own origami book. Uh, they were like pair out the pages and make origami. And I was like, oh, nice. okay, <laughs> like cool. And then afterward, like an hour later, she pulled me aside and was like, I remember every guy who ever gave me origami. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's alarming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. And I was like, cool. And immediately threw it in the trash. I mean, the year before that, did she give you a Shark Tales blanket or towel? I was 15 or 16 and she gave me a Shark Tales beach Beach towel for Christmas. That's that's pretty bad. But here's two quick gifts that my grandmother got me or my brother. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those little mini notebooks, the little size, like a little tiny one. She got one of those, but half used, half used. That's that's great. And then the other year for my brother's birthday, she gave him a card with an IOU inside. (laughs) Oh, Uh, did she ever owe you? Nope. So she didn't ever she didn't ever pay nope. up, huh? No. Nope. Are you gonna tell them what what she gave us for our wedding? I don't know what she gave. I forget. Remember oh, when you yeah. showed up at your parents' house like months after we were married, and there was a box that said for free, and it was like filled with all like <laughs> random stuff. <Yeah. laughs> so they had clearly found it on the side of the road, labeled for free. Yeah. And it was yeah. just and like that's a what box they gave filled. you. Yeah. <laughs> that nice was woman. just sad because your family's so poor. That's true. <laughs> oh well, darn it. <laughs> Way to bring down the Christmas spirit, bro. <laughs> Great, Christmas is not about gifts, guys. It's not about what you get. 
about the memories. That's true, we make. but it is it. The Christmas is definitely better when you're not poor. <laughs> Christmas is about Al Roker. It is about Al Roker. You're absolutely right. We're all gonna yeah. say it on New Year's. It's all about Al Roker. <laughs> so back to the movie, Jeff is walking out of his house to greet his brother, gets immediately hit right in the face with a snowball. His wife and son, Ollie, are also here, and they all seem terrible. Is something wrong with Ollie? I think he's just a young, spoiled child. Okay. That's what I gathered, but we didn't see a lot of Ollie. Yeah, they let him get away with a lot. He's kind of just a little shit. That's what I figured. (laughs) Yeah, so Jeff mentions like, oh yeah, we got the pull-out couch all set up for you, and his brother's like, yeah, okay. And and then we see Pam and Jeff on the pullout couch. Apparently, they gave their bedroom to this family to enjoy. They're laying there. Jeff doesn't seem to be able to sleep. So he's uh, he's searching on his computer for that doll. So he searches eBay and finds that that stupid thing could be sold for upwards of two hundred to two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars somewhere in that vicinity. So he goes to search for it and can't find it. And then he has his realization that Max stole it. And that's the end of the first 15 minutes. Yep. All I can think about is the eBay fees on selling a $200,000 doll. <laughs> yeah, why would you do that on eBay? Not the place to sell something like that, in my humble opinion. But I would assume any kind of auction house or anything like that is also going to have pretty substantial fees. I would think yeah. so. Anyway. But who's going to like pay you through PayPal for $200,000? No one. Old lady. I can't wait to hear how much you hate Max. The last 15 minutes starts at 1 hour and 10 minutes flat. We open the end with Pamela Emma Ding Dong opening a set of double doors with a smattering of Nerf darts stuck to her face. Lady, they're Nerf darts. Just pull them off. This is Max's house, and we find out that husband and wife have come to his home sweet home to try to take back the doll they believe he stole. And this is one of the few times that the plot is just very linear. This is what we knew was going to happen at the end of the first 15 minutes, and here it is happening. Max is stationed at a treadmill and starts throwing weights down on it to act as projectiles. This is absolutely horseshit. The original Home Alone, everything felt like it was possible. Like, as much as some of it was kind of far fetched that this kid would have the the things that necessary to set up a lot of these little traps, but there's no way that you put a treadmill on seven miles an hour and throw a weight on it and it launches it hard enough to dent a wall. Maybe if you turn up the treadmill fast enough. I was going to say, if it goes fast enough, I mean... No. Most treadmills are going to max out at 10 miles an hour, maybe. And that's going to, like, hit her shin and hurt a little bit. I mean, treadmills go faster than that. Yeah, Dave, I don't think you've been on a treadmill. Have you ever (laughs) been on a treadmill, Michael? Huh? Yeah. Not many. Don't let him play you. (laughs) I think that our, our child treadmill could definitely have thrown a weight at somebody successfully but it wouldn't okay so yes throwing it and landing it on their foot like it did for this first Um, section i think like maybe like knee knee height okay but it's not gonna go flying 20 feet across the room and get wedged into the wall with the level of force that it was sent across the room i think we should test it you guys i think we should get together and test the theory (laughs) if only you got me a peloton treadmill (laughs) well there you go dave this is what she yeah, would like for Christmas. Apparently, I did a bad job buying her a Peloton for Christmas. You didn't check her list twice because you missed that <laughs> gift. <laughs> I missed our treadmill so we could protect our house from invaders. <laughs> Dang it. Missed opportunity. So as Dave said, one of them does hit Pam's foot. And in that, we notice that she's barefoot. That's of note. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the second one flies into a door, missing her. Then he sends a yoga ball her way. And instead of tossing it aside and annihilating the husky demon, she continues to hold it 
as he sends a kettlebell. It cartoonishly sends her flying like 20 yards in the air down the hall and then tumbling down the stairs before she flips over and lands on her back. That, to me, was more egregious than (laughs) powerful treadmill. Yeah. Max directly quotes Kevin McAllister from the original with given up yet or are you thirsty for more? And Jeff, dressed as Santa, must still be parched because he heads in for more. And ho, ho, holy shit, he's got an enormous red bump on his forehead, which we learn was from a billiard ball to the dome. He's about to get another, but catches it midair. And the door to a second floor porch is open behind Max, who throws his billiard ball gun over and jumps off the balcony. And this was probably the only part that I laughed out loud at. Jeff yells, Pam, he jumped off the balcony. And crawling up the stairs, Pam says, good. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Fuck this brat. (laughs) But alas, he landed on a trampoline. Jeff sees this and jumps down too. But before he can land cleanly, Max pulls out one of the legs of the trampoline, but he pulls it out with a T-Rex tied to a string for whatever reason. And Jeff hits the trampoline at an angle, which sends him face first into a tree. And he actually pulls out one of his teeth after landing. While all of this is going on, Pam makes it to Max's room and finds his jacket, which they thought the doll was in. But turns out instead of a doll, there's a can of Jeff's bootleg orange soda from the beginning. All of this pain because this kid's just a chubby EU Kel Mitchell. Silly. (laughs) I actually like this next booby trap. Max leads Jeff down the side alley of his house, and he has a fish hook along the edge of the roof. So as he's running, it's slicing off all of the ice stalactites. It's pretty cool. This is one of the only ones that I was like, this makes sense. Like, this is possible. It's possible and dangerous. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, I love that you call them that and not just icicles. Way to try to (laughs) sell stalactites. They're they're ice stalactites. (laughs) They're icicles. icicles. (laughs) Well, icicles are small. These were big. Okay. Yeah, they yeah. Are, Good job knowing the difference between stalactites and stalagmites, too. Did you have to look that up, or did you just know? I looked it up. I googled stalactite versus stalagmite, because I yeah. was confused. The thing that I remember is stalactites are tight to the ceiling, and stalagmites might be on the floor. <laughs> Good way to remember Perfect. them. Great never way to remember that. Fortunately, though, Jeff dodges them all, including the last one that narrowly misses Santa's great big sack. Rob Delaney does a piss poor Pesci impersonation, grunting and moaning instead of the signature Nessa Fressa Fressa. I don't like it. Max runs through his front door and is greeted by Pam holding a mega Nerf gun from the second floor balcony. Jeff comes in the door and they're at a standstill. Max's pool ball gun pointed at Jeff. Do you think he put little like pins in the Nerf bullets and that's why she wasn't pulling them out of her face? Maybe. One, the fact that she left them there and two, the fact that he was like frightened of her pointing this Nerf gun at her makes me feel like he has done something maniacal to the bullets that are in it. They're poison darts. Maybe. So yes, she does put thumbtacks in all of the Nerf darts and so when she gets hit in the face of them, they stick. Ouch. They stay yeah. a little Okay, better. that makes That's more great. sense to why she was not happy about the darts and why he was also not happy about having that gun pointed at him. Yeah. And I just realized now, but do you guys think it's funny that Aaron from The Office is playing a character named Pam when she was new Pam in The Office, the new receptionist? Just me? Just you, and I'm actually surprised it took you this long to reference The Office after her being in the sh- I'm proud of you. <laughs> so she jumps onto the chandelier to get down or or something like that. I I don't really fully understand what she was doing, but (laughs) she wipes the hell out, slamming face first into the ground. So hard. (laughs) 
that is one thing like some of the hits so these people hard. are hitting hard her ribs are sore later that's so. true her ribs are sore but anyway pam and jeff are like okay we're done and max is like you want to kidnap me and they all quickly realize that he is not the quote-unquote ugly boy that they're looking for though spoiler alert he's also the ugly boy and <laughs> he doesn't have the doll that they were looking for whoopsie big misunderstanding sorry for almost killing each other i'm not a fan of this movie but i wouldn't hate it as much as i do if it wasn't for this one scene like the whole idea that these were just nice people that broke into this home to just steal the doll back that they thought that this kid stole and instead got into a war with this child and never once thought maybe we should talk to this kid instead of just fucking getting our shit pushed by him like i just i hate this scene so much it ruins the entire movie for me um in fairness they at one point do try to talk with him and he is not responsive to that at all Okay, so he's just a little asshole. Yeah. They definitely made an effort. They before, did try. Before things turned way sideways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's a question. Why didn't they just call the cops and say, hey, this kid stole our doll? Good question. Yeah. I. Problem solved. Anyway, P&J learned that Max is actually home alone and his family's in Tokyo. And this part is even dumber than the part you were talking about, Dave, in my opinion. They say, oh, if we knew you were home alone, we wouldn't have broken in. And that is enough to sway him. <laughs> we thought your grandma was in the other room and that was that made it oh, okay yeah. for us to do all of this. <laughs> but now that you're home alone. The fact that he's just like, oh, okay, this kid must get kidnapped by so many candy vans. It explains <laughs> the pudge. All the time. They literally, right after this, they all hug. They hug each other. I'm not even kidding. And then the chandelier falls on them. I tell you what, a kid shoots me in the face with a pool ball. I'm not hugging him anytime soon. (laughs) No. So dumb. And get this. Max agrees to go home with Pam and Jeff to wait out his mom coming home. What? So they could murder me in my sleep? No, thanks. (laughs) Candy van. I do have to say, I did not love the end of this movie. So the family and Max are sitting around shooting the shit. And the family includes Jeff's brother and wife. They make a joke about Greta Van Susteren. Bravo, writers. You're really crushing it. A plus. Where are the turtle dove ornaments? The okay, I believe you, but my Tommy gun don't. And keep the change, you filthy animal. Where is that? Like the writers thought they crafted a classic with this bullshit. All the heart and care is sucked out. And we're left with this misshapen husk of crusty old dog shit shaped into a Christmas cookie. It sucks. And I'm not trying to be a boomer, but God, they, they don't make movies the same. They don't. The writing is just bad. It's just bad. Like, they can't possibly think that people are going to be sitting around watching this movie 30 years from now, like we are with the Mm -hmm. original Home Alone movies. No one's watching this in 30 years. Nobody. Not one person. Nope. It It will die within a few months. Anyway, Ollie, the mentally handicapped kid pops out of a room upstairs <laughs> oh no i think he is no i think he is no i just think he's really young yeah, well, he's okay. just little and spoiled yeah <laughs> he's right. just super spoiled you just don't know what rich kids look like which is <laughs> <Just> fair <laughs> <laughs> so wouldn't you know it he has the ugly doll this is why i think he's mentally handicapped his mom tells him not to move in spanish in this little come mierda i mean shit eater chucks the doll <laughs> into the air just chucks it into the air. That's your clarification. That's us with Frank all day long, every day. We That's tell him not true. to do something. And he literally will look at me and do it. And he's going to yeah. say, like, cool. most kids, when you yeah. say no, they're like, oh, they're okay, like, and then just do it. That's right. kids, and especially a spoiled kid like right. Ollie, like, right. for like, sure. Maybe. 
Well, <laughs> this next scene is actually mildly funny. I hate to admit it. Carol of the Bell starts and we're now in slow-mo. Jeff jumps up to try to catch the doll, misses it, and flies over the railing. And I, and I actually did laugh out loud I immediately after I punched myself in the leg as penance, but I, I did laugh when he flipped <laughs> over the railing. I hated this. It's just like they made an effort to make everything look so fake. It drives me crazy. Like he flips over the thing and then kicks it like with his foot as he's falling over and it like just gently kind of nudges it in a direct in a specific direction it's like come on jesus christ could you make it even more obvious that all these people are hanging in wires i feel like i'm watching cat in the hat i i do think <laughs> that they were trying to go like purposely over the top i, I agree yeah, they, they tried to make everything look because and every like you said earlier like every every obstacle they go through is so extra and so it is so extra which is funny sometimes i will say there were oh, yeah. parts of the middle that made me chuckle for sure because the actors were very committed to making it look like that hurts oh yeah so incredibly bad <laughs> but it's oh, true yeah. that if these things really happened to them they would have been dead in the first like <laughs> problem they hit <laughs> that sounds about right pam now takes on the mantle of catching the doll she literally steps on her sister-in-law's face to project herself forward but also misses and slams face first into the wall sending the doll in yet another direction defying gravity and the inconvenient truth that no kid that large could move that quickly <laughs> max runs and slides and catches the doll <laughs> <laughs> oh, this poor kid like i agree with you that he's he doesn't do a great job acting in this and i i partially think that it's it's a lot of the writing but man you're just wrecking this kid this kid deserves to be wrecked <laughs> but anyway even another person who deserves to get wrecked is ollie they tell ollie he did a good job yeah so I, this is again where i think he may actually be handicapped like why would you tell no. a spoiled kid he did a good job by throwing the doll they're just bad parents Okay, because they were bad people. I mean, when we met them, I was like, "Oh, I hate, I hate these people already." Oh yeah, there's a scene in the in the middle where he's like getting his picture taken with Santa, and he's screaming, and they're like, "Look how great he is! He just comes alive in front of the camera!" I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Gross. Max's mom shows up. They use the same swelling music from the first two movies when Catherine O'Hara reunites with her baby. Those parts always make me feel something. This part just made me feel relieved the movie's almost over. I felt nothing when she showed up. Uh, Pam finds a Lego in her hair. They make some lame jokes about Sweet Home Alabama and Homer's Odyssey. Is this movie for adults? Is it for children? I think it's just for advertisers. <laughs> I do. I honestly don't know. And the most unrealistic part of all of this, Max and his mom leave in a taxi like it's 1996. You literally referenced Uber in the beginning of the movie. Did Uber only pay for one mention and now you have to use a taxi? Come on. Come on. There's no <laughs> taxis back. in 2021. They're gone. Pam and Jeff decide they don't need to sell the house now because they can list the doll on eBay. And Max and his mom get home to find the disaster house and fade to black. But wait, there's more. We get a one year later. Thank goodness. I was really wondering where all these people landed. <laughs> the fam is all together at the table for Christmas dinner. Pam, Jeff, their two kids. And Max, his mom, dad, and sister. Pam got rid of her horrible bangs, thank God. She mentions that selling the doll paid for their mortgage, a Euro trip, and to fix up Max's house. So this implies that Max's mom now knows everything that happened and is okay having dinner with these child endangerers. Yeah, and then what? went over for Christmas morning to these people who literally tried to physically 
abuse <laughs> and probably mentally abuse her child. Yeah. It's wild. I Malarkey. absolutely hated that. Reindeer scene. shit. Just I hated garbage. it. <laughs> yeah. Apparently there was no money left over from the doll sale because they're having an eye round roast, which is for cheap bastards. Get a ribeye or a fillet, you stingy fucks. Oh, God damn it. Just like I you mean, just had to talk oh about God. meat. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, the whole God. movie ends with a joke about Max being able to have an orange soda. And they all laugh because they are literally all crazy people who deserve everything <laughs> that they got. Thank God it's over. Agreed. What a movie. Before we get into the questions. We have to pay some Christmas bills, bills, bills. Yeah, I need my Peloton, baby. So here's a center commercial. Do you want stickers? Do you hate how every sticker is all girly? Do you need a man sticker for your man stuff? Dude list sticker shot. Get your dude on. Yeah! It's doodlist? Oh, uh. uh. Oh. Doodlist Sticker Shop. Drawings of all your favorite characters from all your favorite things. Fill the empty space in your life with Doodlist Stickers. Found on Etsy at Doodlist Sticker Shop. That's D O O D L I S T. Doodlist Sticker Shop. They're not just for dudes. And speaking of things that you're going to want to stick places that look very nice, if you have any feedback, Send it to the centercutcast at gmail.com. And you also can hit us up on all of the social media platforms, the big ones, Instagram at the underscore center underscore cut. But we are also on Twitter and Facebook. You can just search us and find us, I promise. Very true. <laughs> Good addition. Really brought a lot of value to the table. Wives. You did the dirty work and watched this horrible, horrible movie for us, and you have some questions about the middle to quiz us to see what we can figure out. Is that right? Yes. I am expecting yes. an extra Christmas gift under the tree for having done this for you, though, so just FYI. Me too. Me too. <laughs> yes, Emily would like excuse, an extra one, too. Excuse me? Do you know how many episodes of this podcast I've had to record to get you that stupid bike? <laughs> so many. Well, uh, <laughs> all right. So we're going to be quizzed and you're going to keep score. And I will hopefully start season oh, three God. of the podcast off with a bang by beating Dave. Wait, we have to keep score. Who's keeping score? Who's keeping I'll keep score? score. Yeah, okay, please good. you do, because I won't be able to keep it. <laughs> I'll forget. I'm a yoga teacher. I can't. All right, let's do it. Okay. First question. What musical instrument do Jeff and Pam play? And what is the name of their band? I'm going to start outside the box, and my answer is bells, like the ones you do at a church around the holidays. And I think their name is obviously PB and J, Pam, Bells, and Jeff. And if at least part of that is right, I petition for half a point proactively. Jesus Christ. Already starting with trying to <laughs> weasel his way into half points. We got half a question in. <laughs> uh, so... I, this is my favorite episode to say Jesus Christ, by the way, because it's his birthday. I think this this movie tried to purposefully play on like size and how the kid's really small and the dad is really extra tall and stuff. So I think Jeff plays something like extra small. So my guess is like a clarinet or something nerdy like that. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. I play clarinet. And it's nerdy. 
No, it's yeah. not. Yes, it is. It's it a great instrument. Is. And I think that Pam, so I saw piano in their living room. Just this movie's so ridiculous that I don't think keyboard would make sense. So my guess is guitar. And I think their band, because their last name is McKenzie, is called McJams. Okay. I like the guesses. I specifically like both the names you guessed because their real name yeah. of the band is not, I don't even think I get it. <laughs> We're much better writers than the writers of this actual movie. I don't get the name either. <laughs> yeah, I'll even spell it out for you because I won't say it right. But the name of their band is Ne'er Do Bells. The Ne'er Do Bells. The Ne'er Do Bells. Never Do Wells. It's Uh-oh. like the Ne'er Do Wells, but yeah. the Ne'er Do Bells. You might be okay. Cl- okay, hold well, on. Well- so what's the instrument? Well, the instrument is bells. <laughs> it is the wow. hand bells. Yes. Okay. Half a point. That's half impressive. That's half a point. Yeah. Oh, um, oh yes. the, the scene of them playing was actually pretty funny because it it's was just so funny. ridiculous. They were playing for like an old folks. I even had bells in the name of my band. I'm feeling great. I'm going to fucking crush I mean, this. You know, let's not go over the top. <laughs> <laughs> but, but sure, half a point because that is the correct answer. <laughs> yeah. So second question. What household item does Max use to surf slash slide down the staircase with? So I noticed that the staircase was covered in flour or something like that. So it feels like snow to me. So my guess would be something sled-like. Uh, so I think I'm going to go top of a trash can. Okay. All right. Uh, my mom used one all the time, and I don't even think we have one in our house. Ashley, do we have an ironing board in our house? Sure don't. That's no. Nope. Ironing <laughs> board either. kind of made sense until I thought that they were purposefully trying to force this into the 2020s and no one in the world has an ironing board anymore. <laughs> my parents still have one. <laughs> yeah. Because my mother is still irons. And they're living in the 1800s. I've never ironed a single thing in my life. I don't know. I, it looks like a surfboard. And I'm guessing that this is pre-home invasion when he has the house to himself, yes. similar to Kevin in the original sledding oh, yeah. down the stairs. He's partying hard right now. Yeah, they tried to recreate everything, those lazy slugs. He actually uses an ironing board no. to surf down no the way. stairs. He does. Merry Christmas to me. There's no way this family would have an ironing oh. board. Yeah. yeah, they do like an old-fashioned. Yes, with the ones that had the legs. That's fucking horseshit. This, is, this, this movie makes no sense. I agree, because this house is obviously a very nice it's a huge mansion i'm like if nothing else this house would have had one of the ironing boards that like folds down from the wall and they're like exactly like they have a whole laundry room but he uses an old school ironing board so it does make sense why why michael is winning because this movie makes literally zero sense (laughs) he's on the right wavelength it's scary yep yeah (laughs) here's what i did i took the low-hanging fruit on a lot of these answers because the writers wrote the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. So I use that same logic to come up with a lot you're of my not answers. wrong. I like. I purposefully thought like, oh, there's no way they could do that. But you're right. It's just like they just did whatever the the easiest route was to yeah. a funny giggle. I'm feeling good. This is an early Christmas gift. Thank you, ladies. All right. Question three: What giant candy bar does Carol throw at one of Max's uncles? This is strictly a business decision on this one. I am going with Toblerone. Hear me out. Number one. This is the important one. It's owned by the same company, Mondelez, as Swedish Fish, which we also saw on a table near the beginning. Companies do branding promo like this in swaths. They probably paid for using Toblerone for the big candy bar throw. And then they were like, hey, can we pay a little extra to get some fishies too? Just makes sense business-wise. Number two, a regular-sized Toblerone is already enormous. If I was picking one candy bar to beat up an intruder with, 
I think it's either Toblerone or maybe a giant gobstopper, right? It's also got those like really <laughs> sharp angles. Exactly. Like yeah. Yeah. I could fuck up a dude with a big old chocolate Toby is all I'm saying. Number three. <laughs> It has a funny sounding name, and these writers strike me as the type that would eat that shit up. Like, oh no, you hit me with a Toblerone. It's broken. Lock it in. Toblerone. I'm almost so confident that you're right that I'm almost willing to change my answer. (laughs) However, I did do some research. I think at this point, his mom is in Japan, Hmm. and what she throws is a Japanese candy, which is dark chocolate filled with rice puffs, and it is called Balakasunda. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is Black Thunder. Wow. I I okay. like the uh, creativity there, Dave. <laughs> yeah. That research was good. Yes. But but it's Toblerone? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. It is? Oh, yes. Yeah. Is it really? I, so na- oh when he gets this God. many questions in a row, I assume he's cheating. No. Listen, my logic about the company owning Swedish fish is, is rock solid. It's 100% what it is. Business decision. Dave should get a half a point for his research and creativity. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. No. The answer is Toblerone. I said Toblerone. How can you get better than that? Uh, You've gotten half a point for <laughs> worse. For much less. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't pay attention to the branding and how this movie is just so terrible that in your explanation, I knew that you were you were probably right. Two and a half to nothing. Mm-hmm. So number four, I'll be very shocked if either of you get this. Um, exactly. What <laughs> random fact does Homebot tell Max when he asks to call his mom? So from everything I could tell, this thing is still in German. So I think that it says... Dein Mutter ist so fett, sie legt sich an du Strand und Greenpeace schiss usin uns mir. Translation? That does translate. I'm not, um, I can't <laughs> speak German, so I probably did that very bad for someone who actually speaks German and listens to this story and be like, nope, what? not even close. He's sorry. But He's really sorry. <laughs> loosely translates to your mother is so fat that when she was lying on the beach, Greenpeace threw her into the water. And I think that the homebot makes a mom joke because he says, call mom, but it's in German. So all it hears is mom and makes a mom joke. Mm. Okay. I'm on a similar wavelength in that I agree that Pete Holmes referenced in the beginning how it was programmed to speak German. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that comes into play here because then we would need to know German to answer this question. And that's just not reasonable. I haven't listened to Ramstein in like 20 years. So I have an Alexa Echo Dot, whatever the hell it's called which is basically Amazon's version of HomeBot. And I play Jeopardy on it every night before bed. A, it pisses me off that they still use Alex Trebek's dead voice. At what point is that shit going to stop? Like the man is in a grave. How are you going to pretend he's talking to me? They probably recorded like a million questions with him. Not the point. Ashley, you can attest that stupid robotic twat mishears me at least three times a week. And it's usually something simple. I'll be like, what is dog? And she's like, eh, sorry. The correct response is, what is dog? And I smash my face into the pillow in anger. It is Oh my maddening. God, he loses his shit every time. That's what I think is happening here. I think Max says, call mom, but all whiny and British. And, and Homebot says, here's what I found on the web. According to theoceanisbeautiful.com, male seahorses give birth to babies. So a baby seahorse can actually call its dad mom. They already did the stupidly overdone factoid about Frankenstein's monster. And this is the close second of the trivia fact. Somebody way dumber than me always tries to throw at me. So that's my random fact. Seahorse mom. If you got this question right, you are 100% cheating. So both of you are incorrect. Thank God. The home bot at this point is turned back to English mode. And it says a blue whale's veins are big enough for an adult human to swim through. Wow. 
So, Dave, you actually referenced a whale, and mm-hmm. yours and I, I referenced a sea creature. You're both kind of almost there. Yeah, all things yeah. considered, we weren't that far off. <laughs> Which is wild. What could it have heard to make it say xyz but i I can't i can't draw that line from what i remember in it it's once he said like once she says our homebot tells him that she can't call his mom he's like what good are you or what are you good for where can i and so and she's like oh Uh, i can tell you this is she tells him a random fact so like i think Uh, you know okay. okay That makes a little bit more sense, but also still bad. Super random. <laughs> yeah. After he's like, well, what will I do with that? <laughs> right. <Yep. laughs> he's like, okay. All right. Rolling on. Two and a half to zero. Question five. Would you rather have Pam hoist you over a wall or would you rather hoist Jeff over a wall? Are we just fighting for points on this one just based on our great answer? Yeah. Is there a right or wrong answer to this that the movie states or do you both just have an opinion? Because if it's opinion, I, think it's just an opinion. I don't think this should count for this. <laughs> Yeah, I love okay. how both of us immediately were like, how, how are we going to get yeah. points for this question? What do you, what do you, yeah. like the whole game, the rules are rude. All right, so no points, no, just, no points just for an this opinion one, just in the fun. middle of the question. Yeah, just an opinion. All right. So I think while there are clear negatives to both, I think there is one silver lining on each of them. For Pam hoisting me, I think the hope is that I can just basically use my own skills to try to rappel up the wall without her help. For me, hoisting Jeff, because he's so damn tall, I wouldn't really need to hoist him that much. He could just reach up with his arms, and then I'm mostly just there for moral support. I mean, I don't know if you've realized, but walls can have a rather varying range of height. Yeah, but he's still tall. But I did some research. Rob Delaney, who plays Jeff, he is 6'3 and 200 pounds. I think he seems thicker than that, but... That's what the creepy celeb stalker <laughs> website tells me. There's no way that this dude is five inches taller than me and weighs almost 100 pounds less than me. That's sad. I'm sad. I'm going to cry myself to sleep now. Okay. Thanks, Michael. And Ellie Kemper is 5'4", 120 pounds. Now, back when I was a butcher and throwing around 100-pound boxes above my head, i probably say hoisting Jeff. But now I'm fatter and very much weaker. So I have to go Pam on this. And I'll just try to climb up the wall with little to no help. Interesting. Well, my answer is dependent on a few different factors. I would say that if this is a fictional scenario in which I am trying to apprehend a 10-year-old child and I'm jumping over a wall to attack his home and try and break in and he is fighting against me, that I would want to send Jeff over the wall because I don't know what's on the other side of that wall. It's not going to be great. However, if we are just talking about a random wall and I would like to be on the other side then I would like to have Pam hoist me over the wall because then I can, as Michael said, kind of use my own strength to get over the wall and continue on my merry way. Okay. I like both of those. And I have to agree. I also chose that I would like to have Pam hoist me over the wall because she really commits to getting Jeff over that wall. Yeah, she does. (laughs) She takes like the brunt of that. I personally think like he holds nothing back in using her to get over that wall. And she just... She just does Can it. I assume that when Jeff gets over the wall, his ass hits a bear trap or some <laughs> ridiculous shit? No, he falls through a playhouse. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, the whole scene made me laugh out loud. It was it was very, very funny. It was funny. That was one of the scenes that the, both those actors committed to that. Like <laughs> he really did. I mean, she starts pushing him up and like he farts in her face. Then he <laughs> yeah. kicks her in the face. Yeah. Like he literally just things. steps directly on her face. It's, it's just on her face. Just <laughs> the lowest hanging fruit. I it's do unreal. have to say though, like he at one point he was hanging on and she just <laughs> like decided to 
climb up him and she pants him. And then like yeah. she finally gets to the top of the wall and she like runs to catch his hand and she pulls him back off the wall and have to start all over again. <laughs> I think it was the first time I like laughed out loud though, like through that scene of events. Yeah. It, it was very funny. All right. All right, number six. So what obstacles do Jeff and Pam face when they try to break in and then escape from the wrong house? Gotta be a dog. There's gotta be a dog. It's barking, chasing them around, and it's just a nightmare, and they're super scared, and it's funny. 100% agree. I, that's the low-hanging fruit. It's a big dog, like it's a 1950s cartoon, because that's what this is trying to be, like a, a Rottweiler, and when they walk into the house, one of them accidentally steps into the dog's food bowl, so then there's the added desire for the dog to bite their foot. Maybe Jeff, since he's dressed like Santa, and he has those big boots that can withstand a dog bite, and then the dog noise wakes up the owner, and then they have to make it out before the owner sees them. Gotta be a small dog, too, like a real small yelper <laughs> Ankle biter dog. <laughs> so the wall, as well as when they are trying to escape, realizing they were at the wrong house, they fall into a covered pool. And that was a very funny mm -hmm. scene where they're trying to do like all these crazy strokes to get out. At one point, Jeff's doing like the butterfly stroke on the cover <laughs> to try and like get to the edge of the pool. There's no, no, dog. Dog. There's no dog. No, That's horseshit. Wow. No. My favorite part of the scene, though, is that when they get to the house and they open the back door because it's unlocked and they literally walk into a living room full of people and it's just this family like have they're like reading a christmas story or like <laughs> there's and, no, like, like nobody notices nobody them, notices the them they literally walk in see that there's the wrong family and then they just like slowly back up out of the door <laughs> and then they proceed to fall into the pool so <laughs> all right still two and a half to zero all right what does max cover the stairs with butter Maple syrup or super glue? I'm going to go with maple syrup because it's the best of both worlds. Butter is slippery, but you can easily see it. Like if I see a stick of butter on a step, I'm going to avoid that step. You wouldn't have just left a stick of butter on the step, you idiot. <laughs> He's going to rub it on the steps. Well, I can still see it. It's yellow. Oh, my God. My God. <laughs> like on each step? Just like you a couldn't stick. see a ton of maple syrup on a step? No, maple syrup <laughs> is the color of stairs. Anyway. Maple syrup <laughs> is the color of stairs. <laughs> it is. All the stairs in the whole world are the color of oh, maple syrup. <laughs> anyway, super glue will get you stuck to a step, but then you can just take your socks or shoes off. Also, if you're walking up the stairs fast enough, I don't know that it would actually clamp you down. Syrup, though, it's slippery and it would be sticky. And we do see Pam's feet. And I'm guessing that she's the one who encountered this. And she just had to end up taking her shoes and socks off because they were stuck to maple syrup. And I think that Max is porky enough to have the multiple vats of maple that would be necessary to gunk the stairs up in his pantry. So I'm going maple syrup. So I agree that he's chubby enough to have the thing, but I disagree that it's syrup. And I think that it's butter. One, because as a, a fellow fat kid, I, lo I love me some butter. But I think that one is that we see the flour later, like there's flour on the steps or something like that. And I feel like that's something that like Jeff and Pam could have thrown on there to try and resolve the issue that was there. And that just it just makes sense to me that it was butter. The answer is butter. So good job. <laughs> yes. Damn it. It is butter. So I much know butter. They, it was not a stick of butter on each step. It was like rubbed in butter. <laughs> Two and a half to one. Here comes the comeback. I've done this before. I'm going to do it again. Let's do this. <laughs> what fictional character does Jeff call Max? I think I know this one. My answer is a gremlin. He's got an evil look about him. And compared to Jeff, he's tiny. So I think he calls him a gremlin. Okay. I am confident with this one, but with a different answer. I think that this kid 
looks like Daniel Radcliffe with a bigger head in those glasses. So he calls him Harry Potter or some variation of it, like hefty plotter <laughs> or heavy Potter and the and the gobbled up dinner. No, heavy Potter and the eating disorder of the Phoenix. I'm fat. I can make jokes about other fat people. That's how that works. It's not punching down. So he calls him Harry stinking Potter. No yes. way. Yes, he does. He does. Oh. Oh, cheating. You're cheating. I promise oh. I did not give him any of these answers. <laughs> no, he looks like a fat Harry Potter. Look at him. Look at his face. He looks like a fat Harry Potter. He has the glasses. Well, any chubby British kid looks like a fat Harry Potter. That's what I'm saying. And this is low-hanging fruit, David. <sighs> it was right there. Three and a half to one, baby. And then that comeback real quick. I'm sorry, dude. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right. In the original movie, Harry gets his head caught on fire. In this movie, who gets what body part caught on fire? Aside from Pam's torn up pants and footwear, there doesn't appear to be any burned body parts on either Pam or Jeff. And I think it has to be one of them. Like, I don't there's nothing that I can figure out where someone else got burned. So either they got naked and burned a body part what? and then covered it back up. Or I'm just thinking too hard about this. And it's Pam's leg. It, it, she does also. She's the one at the end that says no more fire. So I'm going to go with Pam and her lower extremities. Max strikes me as a Boy Scout, maybe because he looks like the boy from Up with glasses. So I think he starts like an indoor campfire. She walks through it. As much as I would like for this answer to be Jeff's candy cane, it's just not realistic. Here's the thing that I think I should get a point for this. I guarantee that Dave's answer is Jeff's penis. I should get a point for that. No, is your answer I'm not 100% Jeff's penis? confident that okay. is Pam's feet. That's the reason that she's missing her shoes. But I hate your whole answer. But you're right, and that makes me <laughs> mad. Like, visit, like I'm angry about it, but I know that that's the obvious answer. And also the fact that you would think that I would answer Jeff's penis. Ridiculous. Okay, yes. The answer is Jeff's penis. <laughs> I wish so no. much I could say that that was the answer. But yeah, no, you're both right, so you both get a point. But And I actually really liked that scene. I found that scene very funny. Like, she played that very too. well. when her Because she, like, her feet catch on fire, and then she has to go try to use the outdoor <laughs> faucet to obviously get the fire off. And he had sprayed the nozzle of the water up, so it gets her in the face, and her feet are still on fire. And it's actually a pretty funny scene. So <laughs> <laughs> You're still within striking distance, Dave. Mm -hmm. There's a chance. Four and a half to two. How does Jeff get transported onto a cliff edge? I was caught off guard by this question. Mm -hmm. Hardest question. I mean, this movie's only an hour and a half, and we watched 30 minutes of it. There's only so much that could happen in the middle hour, and I couldn't think of any reason that he would be actually on a cliff edge. So I thought, well, how could he be imagining being on a cliff edge we saw max's sister in the beginning using virtual reality with an oculus or something along those lines i think that max knocks him out with the the eight ball or whatever whatever something knocks him out and then he puts the virtual reality glasses on and when he comes to he thinks that he is on a cliff edge when in fact he is just wearing the virtual reality goggles not a bad answer david i was thinking about vr but i couldn't piece together how Jeff would have got the VR glasses on, but I, I like your connection with the, the pool ball, so I won't be surprised if that's the answer. Here's what I came up with. So in the first 15 minutes, we see Max in the car watching Wiley e. Coyote, which, stop it. This isn't the 70s or 80s. Kids don't watch The Roadrunner and fucking Tom and Jerry anymore. Whoever greenlit that Tom and Jerry live action movie earlier this year is hopefully fired by now. 
the only people that saw that were 50 year old losers pining for their long dead childhood. So I think Max literally recreates the roadrunner trick, the one where you put a painting of a tunnel on a brick wall so the victim thinks they can keep going forward and then owie. So I think that he projects a tunnel or open door or something on a curtain or tarp right on the edge of the balcony, aka cliff. And then Jeff, who probably is seeing stars from getting billiard bald he can't see that great so he thinks he can keep walking through the illusion that max has created and kablam wiley coyote for the win i'm just saying like i think i could be a writer for home alone 7 you don't even have to pay me i'll just i'll add it to my resume so david actually like almost got it spot on like, nailed it like <laughs> verbatim. So he takes him out with that pool Damn ball it. which gives him his fun bump on his head and then puts the vr on him and when he comes to he he is like freaking out like on a, he thinks he's on a cliff. Okay. Once I heard his logic, I liked it, but my logic wasn't horrible either. We see him watching Wild Coyote. Yeah, it wasn't bad. But Dave got like the most accurate answer. Is that what you need when you get one answer wrong and I get it right? You need like a little like... <laughs> he, needs a, he needs a pat on the back. Yeah, he needs a little gold star. Yeah, I need like... some reaffirmation that I'm still Your answer was good, Michael. It's a, it was a good effort. <laughs> We're all winners. Here's your participation trophy. <laughs> I'm like Ollie. For someone who loves winning so much, he also is really good at losing. Four and a half to three. Let's get it. All right. Next question. What does the man sitting next to Max's mom on her plane ride home do to her? I think the movie makes yet another reference to the original here. But instead of John Candy, it's some other C-list comedian who plays his band's music on their iPad. And instead of being polka king of the midwest he plays his horrible local screamo band the whole flight home just like every other callback in this movie it's a it's just less funny it has less heart than the original but boy does it make carol mad and actually i said ipad but i bet this movie tries to make it something more obscure like a zune or something to try to make it funny but a zune come on (laughs) come on Uh, At this point, you'd assume she's extremely anxious on the plane about Max and leaving a child at home. So whoever she's sitting next to is trying to like console her and help her get through that. And then I thought uh, like a hardcore Christian or like a priest or something like that, that's like praying the whole time or like baptizing her or some bullshit to like so God can help with protecting her child at home or some crazy shit like that. Neither of you are right. It's actually, it. in my opinion, far worse. It's way worse. It's really bad. <laughs> this it's man super creepy. not only falls asleep on her shoulder, he then proceeds in his sleep to rub his nose and face all over her shoulder all over her and she just sits there and like lets it happen i watched that scene and i just was like i was literally gagging yeah i was like dying i was like what (laughs) what is happening here and she just yep she just let him she just lets it happen yeah she just falls asleep on her shoulder and uh did he also take off his shoes we don't know thank god we don't know probably probably (laughs) yeah probably the chances are good (laughs) That that's what happened. All right. All right. How does Ollie get the doll? Yeah. So I think that they kind of show a little bit of a flashback at this point. And as his family is entering the home, Ollie's just being a little spoiled brat and complaining a bunch. And Jeff's brother, not even thinking, just like grabs a doll out of the pile of crap that's right there and gives it to him just to shut him up. And and then he just takes it up to his room and that's where it stays. In our last main episode for Outlander season four, I used my knowledge of the Spanish language to help me crush a question. And I am dipping back into that well. So something I've always found funny is that the Spanish word muñeca has a double meaning. Muñeca means both wrist 
and doll. Now, notably, Ollie's mom is teaching him Spanish and actually speaks to him in Spanish in both the beginning and the end, even though she appears to be Asian and I'm not sure what ethnicity he is. Irrelevant. He's learning Spanish. So I think there's some sort of toy, like a wrist rocket or something, that either Jeff or Jeff's brother tells him to grab from the closet. Like, hey, Jeff, do you still have that crappy old wrist rocket that we had as a kid? And the mom says, vea buscar cohete la muneca. Or maybe she even leaves out the cohete rocket part because she's not a Spanish expert. But Ollie hears muneca and thinks she's talking about a doll. He grabs that. And then they never pay attention to him after that because they get distracted with eggnog or because they don't actually care about Ollie. That was long-winded, I know, but final answer, there's confusion due to Spanish in wrist versus doll. It just makes too much logical sense. If that's the fucking answer, I quit this podcast. I feel like both their answers are better than the real one. <laughs> oh. Oh, I use so much logic. The Jesus real one Christ. is just that he's a thief. Like, he's a klepto. He just, like, <laughs> steals stuff the whole movie. <laughs> Just steals the doll. <laughs> then what the hell is with the Spanish speaking then? It just made too much sense. They just want to teach him how to uh, speak Spanish. You think that they introduced the whole Spanish thing just so they could make a muñeca Yeah, because it's, a, it's, like, it's, it's infamous for having a double meaning, and one of the meanings is doll. Like, it, it writes itself. That no one in the world would understand? It writes itself. Oh, my God. Like, I wish that they even showed itself. him taking the doll. I but I don't think we even see him taking yeah, it. Yeah, that was I something know. like, uh, at the end of our 15 minutes, we see Jeff looking through the box and the doll is gone. I, when I was reading this question, I was like, well, it must have been like a flashback or something like that where we saw him take it. But I guess he just you just assume that he grabbed it on his way in or whatever. Just immediately goes into the closet and steals a doll. What a spoiled He's little a-hole. <laughs> All right. Well, that's dumb. But last question. What's the score? Do I have an even chance? You don't. It's four and a half to three. Oh, well. <laughs> This is probably the most important question. This is what I was most worried about when I first watched this movie. How slash why does Max even get left home alone in the first place? Yeah, I think this is the question because it it's probably the most important plot mechanic and one that everybody always questions about the conceit of home alone happening with modern technology. Like we're no longer bound by analog alarm clocks and telephone wires. So how can this kid be left home alone? Part of it is answered in the beginning when Carol is on the phone with the airline. We, we learn that the family is going to be split apart on two planes. So this explains how she could be on a plane to a different country and still not know her son isn't with her. But I still don't understand how you can get to the airport and not be like, hmm, where's the thing that I'm supposed to love the most and actually pushed out of my crotch? I just that makes no sense. But the only thing I can think there is that maybe they went to the airport in multiple vehicles and for whatever reason. They chose separate vehicles and in her stupid British haste. Speaking of that, though, this actress is actually Irish. And apparently there was backlash for her faking the British accent because people actually have no life and are offended by nothingness. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I she's actually one of the actors that I really like on this. Uh, her name's Aisling B. And she was on a, a season of Taskmaster that I watched. She just never she somehow never checks in on him directly. And she instead asks one of the uncles if he is with them and like most uncles they could give two shits and say yes even though they don't have eyes on him and then he can't contact her because he has no cell phone because he's too young nobody has a home phone anymore they don't have a home phone in the house and she has no friends to go check on him because she's fake british and he tries to call her with the home bot but it's in german like we talked about and he can't figure out how to call her that was a lot 
but that's my answer. That was a lot, and I think that you put more information in there than needs to be. I think what happens is in the beginning 15 minutes, we see him go out to the car and watch cartoons. I think that at some point, they're either their flights get moved up, or they did mention like their flights were at 5 a.m., so they were going to have to get up really early to get out of the house. So I think that he goes out to the car to watch cartoons. Either their flight gets moved up and they leave while he's just still out there watching cartoons, or he falls asleep in the car while he's watching cartoons. And then they leave in the morning and just in the haste of like whatever 15 to 20 people trying to get to the airport and getting all on a flight. And it seems like she's the one that had planned all of this. She's trying to get everyone into where they need to be and just spaced on the fact that her son wasn't there. This is the part where you tell us if we were right or wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. mm-hmm. <laughs> Dramatic <I know>. pause. <laughs> Both of them are partly right, partly right, but he does fall asleep in the car. And like right. when he wakes up, they're gone. Right. And it's the uncle's and aunt's job to like get all of the kids because on the, the mom plane. is like kind of in like. Well, the, the mom had already left. Like they had two oh, separate flights. Hers yeah. was early and then theirs yeah. was why later. Why did she make it so she wasn't flying with her child? That's dumb. Well, I don't think she made it. That's why she uh, was on the phone. Like, well, can't arguing she just give them the, her, his ticket to one of the other cousins? Yeah, I don't know. You would think so. So the whole thing is that like the uncle didn't realize that he was supposed to be responsible for Max. Yeah. How that doesn't get communicated, I don't know. So then they all end up in Tokyo and she's like, what do you mean you're here without my son? <laughs> because he was Oh, yeah. To be and that's riding. when she throws the candy bar. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we each get half a point. Yeah. yeah. sure. Because he does try <laughs> to use the homebot to call her and the homebot's like, I'm mm. not set up for that. Right. We don't have a whole right. line. <laughs> we'll each take half a point. So it ends up being five to three and a half. That was a good game, David. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting how how nice you are when you yeah, win that's and a really how much of a little bitch really you are game. when you lose. That was so great. <laughs> well, that was Home Sweet Home Alone. It was not sweet and I want to be alone now. And mm-hmm. ladies, wives, beautiful people, that I'm not talking about you, David. Thank you so much for doing Understood. this, for watching the movie, for, for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Everyone who's listening should reach out to Ashley and do some virtual yoga. It's yes. so much fun. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes it's very painful. And later I'm like, oh man, I can't move. <laughs> but that means it was good. Yes. Well, thank you all. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on, ladies. I thank hope you. I hope we have a thank wonderful you. holiday. <laughs> Same. Well, David, that was a Christmas extravaganza. And the only way to wrap up this present of an episode is with a center counts. Boy, I don't know. I think if I didn't have a Home Alone movie to compare this movie to, it would maybe be better. But because I know that the other ones are so much better, I can't give it over a two. I'm giving it a two. Two. I just can't. Nope. I don't like the premise. I don't like any of it. Yeah. I'm going to go with a one out of seven. And here's the problem with this stocking full of elf shit. It pines to be the original film so hard it's pathetic. It references the movie so many times and tries to be cute about it while also trying to recreate the same thing. I just don't understand who in their right mind outside of relatives of the actors would watch this version instead of Home Alone 1 or 2. Macaulay Culkin is 
a legendarily cute kid. He looks cute. He enunciates. He makes funny faces. This kid is trash. And it starts there. But the writing tries too hard. All the heart that the original has is replaced with a home bot and multiple jokes about the cloud. And you can use all the same music cues, mine the same slapstick death maze humor, but it doesn't hit the same 30 years later as a sixth iteration of that movie. I would honestly even take Home Alone 3 before this one, I think. I've never seen Home Alone 3, but you're probably right. Yeah. And like you said, if this was a standalone, non-referential new idea, I probably would give it a two or a three, but it's not. It's a major corporation trying to trick people into giving them money for a far worse retread of a recycled idea. So fuck you, Fox, and fuck you, Disney. One out of seven. Yeah, it's just like, oh, we don't want to put criminals in it because criminals are bad. Let's like make it a family who's just trying to like get by and then literally abuse and attack a child but it's okay like it was all it was all just because they wanted to save their home for their family so it makes it okay to punch a baby in the face it's okay for poor people to attack rich people yeah that's exactly right Mm -hmm. it's fine i'm in agreement. not a fan it is a piece of dog crap wrapped up in a fancy bow and i'm i'm mad at it so Mm -hmm. one out of seven david we are done with home sweet home alone for now we're going to be back doing this again right yeah next week we're going to do our center chat we're going to discuss which house would be easier to break into the McAllister house from home alone one or the mercer house from this thing yeah that's going to be fun so look looking forward to that it'll drop a few days after christmas and what do we have after that yeah and then the week after that the wednesday after that in fact on the 5th of january our first episode of 2022 we are going to be covering witcher season two wow way back in our fifth episode of the podcast we covered season one it's been it's been a while that'll be that was our fifth episode it was yeah that was so long ago it was actually our first tv show we ever covered yeah so heading back to the witcher well that will be a treat well just wanted to give another thank you to our lovely wives for coming on and doing this thank you ashley emily i would love to make this a tradition but we're going to wait to see how the download numbers are (laughs) because if they aren't good then they're fired yes 100 percent agree okay perfect glad we're on the same page like the new space between jeff's teeth it's always better in the center (laughs) 